Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise the Lord. Looking forward to a time where we shout His praise and we actually shout. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, we understand that there are some extra things and stuff going on. And hopefully by the end of next week, that, that extra restriction will be lifted. Amen. Amen. People, be sensitive. Be kind. Don't assault the people who don't wear masks. Wear masks if you feel uncomfortable. I'm not, just so that you know where I stand, I'm not against masks. They're like, what? <laughs> what? I own several <laughs> colored ones that match. <laughs> I, I'm not opposed to it. I understand that I can be an example for those who really should be wearing them. I understand that, that for some it brings us a false sense of, of security, but you know what? It's okay. We can help people. Not there to make them freak out, and I don't chide them. Love on them the best way I can. I don't always wear it, just so you know. I don't wear it in my car when I'm by myself. I don't wear it at home. Good morning, everybody. I do have some things on my heart, and sometimes it, it's uh, at a place where we have to make some adjustments. I'm not talking about adjustments in how you live your life, except if it's outside of the way God calls us to live. In that case, I'll find out how to make an adjustment. I wanted to really address the pressure that many people are feeling and then responding to it. God has a way to deal with pressure, and we need to hear from heaven and walk through as he gives us instruction to walk through. Amen? Amen. So uh, just because of how things go, we're going to be all over the word of God today. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 24, and then we'll talk some more about how to get in the face of pressure the right way. Amen? First of all, we need to understand that there actually is pressure. And many people not understanding will do a kind of a many, many different things to try and resolve the pressure that they sense. Some people are not even aware that it's pressure. That's another kind of a situation, right? So wake up and realize some of what you're feeling, all of the People struggling with depression, all those kinds of things are a response. They're the flower of a, of a pressure inside. Sometimes maybe you don't feel like yourself or you're edgy. Anybody been edgy this week? All right, so that's pressure. How do we deal with it? How do we stay focused? And the first thing we have to realize is some things aren't going to change. This is not the new normal. The world does not dictate to us what normal is, never has. Amen? Normal is always what Jesus paid for us, what he bought us, how he bought us through, and what the blood of Jesus can do for us. That's normal for believers. Amen? Amen. So if you found uh, Matthew 24, we're going to look at some things he tried to warn us about, but still we're shocked. We're shocked. Oh, my word. Look what it said. And Jesus warned us. I think from the book of Genesis on, he tried to warn us about many things, but we didn't have our ears tuned to it. Oh, praise Jesus, Matthew 24. 
And, and he's sitting with the disciples. Notice who he's talking to. It's important. He's not talking to, he's, he's telling them because they're going to have to spread the message. Amen. In verse 2, he says, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another, and shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives. Notice sitting is a sign you're not worried about anything. He's sitting at the right hand of Jesus. He sat at the Mount of Olives. He sits down. And he knows what's coming. And he is not alarmed. Amen? To tell us, what shall these things be? What shall be the sign of your coming, of the end of the world? And the first thing he says is, don't let people deceive you. That's the first thing he says. Don't let people deceive you. When pressure comes, it tries to force us into a place where we begin to dig for our own answers. Sometimes it looks like this. Perhaps if we are not so sure about the pressure of the current situation, we might look at it as perhaps you know somebody terribly, terribly ill in need of a miracle. And you care about them deeply. And as you're praying, you, you feel this pressure. God, you've got to do something. You've got to do, the, the doctors can't do anything. This, and you feel this desperation, this pressure. And then you begin to look for things. God, just show me what to do. Show me what to do. I do it, God. I do anything, God. Heal my friend. And, and we allow pressure to try and push us to find something to do that's outside of the most powerful weapon we've ever been given. Prayer. And people say, well, what's the point in praying? Well, what's the point? I don't know. Didn't it get you saved? Well, what difference will it make? It changed me. Every time I talked to God about my situation, I found, hmm, he, he, met, he ministered to me. But pressure tries to push you away from the greatest weapon in your hand and in your mouth. I say in my hand because I usually pray with my Bible in my hand. Amen. So I don't hit people. No, that's not why. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But it tries to push you out. Let me find something to do. I want something to do. I want something to do. Because then if I've done it, I've known I've done everything I can. Absolutely. And it pushes you away from the answer in the storm. It pushes you away from actually hearing the answer because you're so focused on just give me something to do, God, and I'll feel better. It's not about what you feel. And these are the times to press into the word. Let no man deceive you. Men always have a kind of bunch of answers, don't they? Well, we'll try this. We'll try that. We'll try the other. Stand up, sit down, shout. When you pray, maybe try this. And men will actually try to pull you into all kinds of things that you're not even aware of. You have to pray what God reveals to your heart. I can't pray for you. You can't pray for me. Well, you can pray for me, and I can pray for you, but different. <laughs> Follow me. I can't do your praying for you. Right? You're the one who's got to touch heaven. You're the one who needs to hear his calming voice. It's his calming voice that brings us to a place where, okay. And it brings us to a place of trust. It increases our faith level. It increases our relationship. And when we come into deeper relationship with our Lord, it's, it just changes things. It just changes things. 
And then we hear his voice, and it's so much bigger than all the other crazy voices. But sometimes it's hard to decide which is a crazy voice and which is his voice. Truth. Right? Because sometimes the religious voice sounds so close to his. But remember, he'll never condemn you. Amen? And he's not going to deceive you either. So first things first. Take heed that no man deceive you. Many will come in his name saying, I'm, I'm anointed. You can trust me. Right? Sorry, I got hair in the wrong place. Never mind. In my eye. Many shall come in my name saying, I am anointed. That's what Christ means. I'm anointed. I am the anointed one. Be aware. Put your little red light signal. Like that's a, you know, sirens up. Sirens up. Boop, boop, boop. You're not that anointed, sir. Or ma'am. Amen. And you look at verse 6. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all those things have to happen. The end's not yet. And what I have to say to you is things aren't going to change, some of them. Some of them are not going to change. And they never will. Think about the time he was telling them. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Haven't there been wars for years? Isn't there always a war somewhere? Oh. No freaking out. There could be more wars. Well, there will be. That's what it says. But the whole point is see that you be not troubled. If you will think back to many of the messages that have come in the last two years, God has been warning us and preparing us to keep our minds steady to learn how to stay out of fear's voice. Now I'm going to tell you something else. Fear is not going away. You can't pray fear away. Fear is going to be here for all eternity. Pastor, why would you say something like that? Because it's the truth. You freaked out now? You ready to hear? How long do you think God's been saying fear not? Quite some time. Uh, quite a while. Since the beginning of time. What people don't realize often is that we are all eternal. Now our flesh isn't eternal, but our spirit man's eternal, and it's either going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus or in hell with the devil. Angels are eternal. Is the devil eternal? He may not be with us and he may be bound in chains, but he is eternal. And so if he is the father of fear, and so many people not understanding because of things we've misunderstood or maybe haven't learned, that's okay. It's no condemnation. We're just going to make an adjustment. I bind that spirit of fear. Good. Don't let it talk to you anymore. The whole thing is, you go, ah, that's fear. Fear should become a tiny fly underneath your foot. Amen. And it won't matter what it does. It won't matter what it says. It won't matter how many times it roars, it screams, it does whatever. See that you be not troubled. Meh, it's going to be here for a long time, but so am I. So am I. Oh, my Lord, I'm eternal too. Praise the Lord. Wait a, just a second here now. I'm going to be here for a while. And I'm not moved. See what I mean? 
Fear's had too much time in our heads. And we've tried all kinds of method. And we've been distracted by its voice. Look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the fireworks that were going off in the last, well, this weekend and then the weekend before. Because people think if they shoot off fireworks, it'll be light and it'll scare the devil away. Right. It only keeps us awake is really what it does. <laughs> Which isn't pleasant. Fear has a voice and it shoots and it does that. It's distracting. And, and its whole thing is like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Be not troubled or shaken in your mind, it says in Thessalonians. Shaken in your mind. Whose job is it to not be shaken? That's right. You need to come back to the place where you go, wait a, just a second here. I've given you way too much attention. Why am I not focused on love? Why am I not focused on hearing more from heaven? What is keeping me out of worshiping God and spending too much time loving him? Well, that seems like a fruitless endeavor. It seems long and boring. Really? Why are there so many romance newbies? Why is romance movies, novels, TV shows, why are they so caught up in love and, and all of that stuff? Why do you think so? People want to dream about love and, love and all the mushy stuff. But when it comes to loving God, and you're like, well, that's kind of boring. What will I ever get out of that? Mm -mm -mm. Come on. Spending time loving God is boring? Yeah. That's right. That's right. And he's not writing love stories. Not like that anyway. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's not a love novel and oh, all that icky stuff and oh, my word. Praise the Lord. <laughs> mush, Pastor. <laughs> mushy, mushy, mushy. Blah. And you see, there's been this like, mmm, on loving God. The very weapon against fear. Come on. The very weapon against fear. Amen. Keeps us out of fears. I mean, when you're loving God, thinking about how much he loves you. When you remember that and you hold on, fear doesn't have a voice in there. Never. When you're convinced that someone on earth loves you, you're not walking around in fear. Never. It doesn't happen that way. Not at all. You're like, no, I know he loves me. I know I can trust him. Right? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. See that you be not troubled. All these things must come to pass. We've got to be a people who are unmoved. And it really is about what we hear and what we listen to. What you hear, you'll have faith for. So the more you hear faith's voice, that's what you will believe will occur. The more you hear faith's or fear's voice, the more faith you'll have about what you have heard. Faith in the wrong way. Faith in the wrong way. You hear me? So if the more that you allow fear's voice to talk to you, you'll believe it. And it will become a permanent place in your heart and in your life. I heard somebody talking the other day. I won't say it was Christian television. About reasonable fears. Oh. I was like, Jesus, help them. 
Well, we all have reasonable fears. No, I don't, I don't see that chapter and verse. Mm -mm 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 -mm. And see, these things are trying to explain. Once again, it's pushing us to find an answer under pressure to something we're experiencing, and we're trying to put a man label on it. And when I say man, I mean human, right? I don't mean male. Praise the Lord. So we're trying to label, label this thing and give it a, well, that's, I'm feeling this way, and, and it's really like this, and, and that's reasonable. You hear that word? That's another siren. Yeah, clanging, it's a clanging symbol too. Let it clang. That's in the old fire department. They used to have little bells and they'd clang, right? And, and we see that nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are just the beginning. They'll deliver you up to be afflicted and kill you. And you'll be hated for all my... See, this is a great word, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it wonderful to be hated? See, I'm telling you these things because we struggle right here in this area. We're afraid to be hated. We want the world to love us. Hear me. Don't be afraid to be hated. Eh. But don't you want the world to love you? They'll love what is truth. And if they hate you, they hated Jesus. The ones who love you are the ones who want Jesus and hope and love and all the right things. But the world will hate you. Don't try to buy their love. Amen? And don't, you know, fall off. There are people, we don't have to be on Facebook. Right? It's not our life. We don't have to have people love us when God loves us. When we are secure in his love. Now, it's wonderful that you guys all love me. I appreciate that. I love you too. And that's great. And there are more people yet to find that we can love and be in fellowship with. And we need that. But some people are going to hate you. And you can't lose your biscuits over it. As someone said, keep your big boy pants on. Pull them up and keep going. Amen? Some people will hate you. Be blessed. <laughs> I haven't met all the people in the world. Chances are I might meet some yet who may like me. And they might love me too. Same with you. But we can't lose sight of Jesus because somebody throws a fit and doesn't like us anymore. If we could get this message into our youth, they'd be a lot happier. The struggle to have people love them is real. And their version of love is acceptance of what their actions are. And they measure love by acceptance of actions. Hmm. Aren't you glad God doesn't do it that way? Oh, yeah. See, now that's love. He knows what you did, all of it. And he knows what you thought, and he still loves you. Now, if that's not love, I don't know what is. <laughs> Amen. Look, many shall be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. So it wasn't just the world. After a while, if you get offended, if you take their bait, if you pull it into your heart, my, 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 that hate you pulled in and gotten a whole hate trip there, pretty soon you're hating other believers. Well, I don't like them, and they're blessed, and I'm not. <laughs> really? Got so offended, why didn't God bless me? Well, maybe your attitude had something to do with it. 
you know, well, I saw it come by, but I don't have to be rich. No, you don't. Amen. No one has to. I like having enough to help others. Because, you know, my husband and I, we want to be able to bless other people. We want to be able to, if someone's stuck, pay their bills. Amen. We want to be able to bless others. And I can't if, I, if I'm struggling to pay our own bills. Amen. So we get offended. Somebody has money and you don't. Somebody has clothes you like and they, the others don't. Somebody's wearing clothes that are really cool and really woke and then other people are wearing stuff you don't like. Get over it. Mama is in the house today. <laughs> I'm trying to help you deal with pressure. And there's all kinds of voices that try to tell you all kinds of things. And they'll push you out of the very place of love. False prophets shall arise and deceive many. So if we're careful and if we'll get the voice of the Lord solid in our life, not condemning, always has the character. God's voice always contains all of his character. Love, kind, good, long-suffering. It will contain his very character. He's not condemning you. He's full of grace and mercy. He's kind. If the voices aren't coming out of that character, it's probably not God. It could be man and it could be the devil. But probably more often than not, the reasonable words of men. Amen. And this, there's some good news coming. <laughs> uh, he says, because iniquity shall abound. Iniquity is lawlessness. So we see that so often and in, in, in so many places right now. Lawlessness. Everybody making their own laws. Doing what they feel is right. That's what iniquity is. And it shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. And when you see that, you should probably underline many because many has never meant all. Like when Pastor Neil has been talking about the Greek and the Hebrew of the word all, it means all. Correct. And so many doesn't mean all. They're different words. Many doesn't mean all. All means all. Means all. But many doesn't mean all. Did you follow that? (laughs) If you did, you've been listening. Amen. (laughs) And that's a good thing. So many doesn't mean all. So just because your neighbor goes off, and it could be the neighbor you're sitting beside, seriously, if they happen to fall out of love, give them that eye. I got my eye on you. If your neighbor falls off the pew and, or chair and falls into the aisle and says, I don't love you anymore, um, then you go, well, I don't have to be many. That's right. You just get yourself back on that chair and you stay still. Amen. (laughs) I'm not going to be that one on the floor doing the hurdy-gurdy. Amen. (laughs) The love of many, she wax cold, doesn't mean me. Amen. Doesn't mean you. It doesn't mean me. Amen. You don't have to go cold. Just keep it hot. Keep it nice. Keep it going. Grab a hold of the word of God. It doesn't have to grow cold. Who's in charge of that? If you, if you put it in parallel with a relationship, a marriage covenant, you know that everybody will tell you, you need to keep dating your spouse until you die. That's how you keep it alive. You make time for each other. Well, relationships take work. You do that, and it sounds like hard labor. <laughs> it's not hard labor. When you love each other, it's what you should want to do. And if it's been a struggle from the beginning and continues to be a struggle, we need to have some counseling. Pastor Neil is available. (laughs) And his wife's lovely compared a lot. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Spend time. 
with your spouse. Enjoy them. That's what it's supposed to be about. It's not a labor of love. Oh, my goodness. Here, get out the shovels. And it's not like that. To be nice and fun. And so it's like that with, with keeping your own love alive with Jesus Christ. It's not hard labor. It's not, oh, get a shovel and shovel up your past or anything like that. It's not going on an excavation. Well, he's only going to love me when I finally get the blood of Jesus operating in this one particular area that's been so hard all my life. Right? Well, you don't know how hard it's been. I have this terrible problem. I keep stumbling. Some people really stumble all their life with things like pornography. And they never tell a soul because they don't want to talk about a lack of faith in a certain area. Well, folks, it's real. And real people have real problems. And they don't get help. And they don't come to Jesus because they're afraid and embarrassed and shamed. Well, it's time to get that out. God loves you. He knows what you've been doing in the closet. He wants to help you get out of there. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And some people lie all the time. All the time. And you're like, hmm, interesting. Sirens, red lights. If they lie or if they gossip to you about somebody else, chances are when you're not there, they're gossiping about you. Just saying. How do we operate in love? How do we keep it flowing? Well, don't do that. (laughs) That will keep love flowing. But remembering that God loves you in all situations, that he's there to help you get free of all that garbage. And he loves you anyway, knowing it all. That always blesses me. He knows everything about me. He knows the lack of hair, the stand-up hair, all those things. He knows about my finger. He knows all those things. All the funky little things. I got hair that stands up, doesn't want to obey. It's rebellious. Some of you other have rebellious things, you know. (laughs) Come in line with the word. Amen. Amen. And somebody's just like, there isn't enough spray in the world for that thing. (laughs) My mother found a picture of me, a baby, and there it was. (laughs) Even then. (laughs) It's been a lifelong story. (laughs) We have to keep love alive by what we do with Jesus. Spending time listening to him, worshiping him, telling him how much you appreciate and love him. We don't listen to rumors. So important to shut off the voice of rumor. We're not going to be moved. Fear is not going to have a voice in our life. And it can be there for all eternity, but so am I. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Are you having fun this morning? Praise the Lord, keeping love alive. It won't matter what the world does. They can stand up, spin around, shout, have a light show. But we got our own going on. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 1. So, oh, sorry, 2 Corinthians. I'm looking at first. I'm going, that's not the right verse. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Yeah, we're almost there. It's, it's sometimes really much easier, with the, but I like my Bible. I like my Bible. Uh-huh. Verse 3, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, oh, and the God of all comfort. There's that word all. All, not many. Aren't you glad? There are times when you're glad you're not many and glad when it's all. You know, I'm not really thrilled with all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
and we can fix that. Amen? <laughs> but this is a good all. Who comforts us with all comfort? All comfort. All of it. Not sure. Well, we don't know if we got enough right here for all that fear people are talking about in the media. No. More than enough. God didn't have a short supply. Well, that's it. We got enough. We got our we have our portion of comfort today. You've used it up. You have to wait till tomorrow when you get up. There'll be new mercies tomorrow, but you're gonna have to wait. Get it early, absolutely. <laughs> Dial it in. Take all you can. Oh, my word. The God of all comfort. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, look, who comforts us even when we're freaking out. Mm-mm-mm. See, there'll be times when tribulations come, troubles come, situations arise. It feels like everything's going nuts in your home. And I'm telling you what, even in that moment, there's comfort available. There's not a short supply. Now, we, I understand, I've been talking about not getting moved by the tribulation, but if you get moved, there's still help. Don't wait. Amen. Oh, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. Better call five pastors and my five Christian friends who know how to pray. Mm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> pray for yourself, you lazy thing. That'll be one of our daughters, <laughs> the middle one. <laughs> She's had that said to her many times. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> You're an adult. Act like one, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, honey, but that's just how it goes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Comforts us in all our tribulation. In all of it. In all of it. As we think, God, we need an answer for the pandemic. God, why aren't you changing things? God, why aren't you healing? God, I'm sure he's like up there and want cheese because I'm about had enough of that, you know? <laughs> I got an answer. Jesus. <laughs> That's okay. That's where I was going. Come with me. Preach it with me. Come on now. I was going to say stop it, but that's your answer is better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come on. We're with it. We're in this. Amen. This part. Yes. Amen. You're getting excited now. What I got in that thing. Why did I get in that thing? Why did you get in that thing? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. There's comfort. who comforts us in all our tribulation. I know there are people who own it. Those are ownership words. You don't know my tribulation. It's so bad. Our problems are so big. Our tribulations go on and on. I've got a list in my purse. I went to God with it this morning. They're mine, all mine. Well, I seem to recall a, a message last week where there was an argument with pastor showing you that there are some things God like to take away from you, Amen. but you holding on. Don't take ownership of tribulation. Don't take ownership of that. And, and you said, God, that, that tribulation got to stop. I'm not taking that anymore. Ugh, ugh. If we got more like a little bit aggressive in the right way, 
We get aggressive at the wrong Oh, God's calling me to repent again. Hmm. Well, do it. It's sure a lot easier than owning tribulation. But it's mine. Good. But while you're dealing with that, if you don't mind, I'm just going to keep a pace back because it's kind of like a hurricane and there's stuff flying in the air around you. Yeah, it might get on me. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. <laughs> Maybe they should use that sterilizing spray. <laughs> Lysol, yeah. <laughs> it's king. <laughs> oh, praise Jesus. We're going somewhere today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I think we need a little more joy. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Absolutely. The joy of the Lord's my strength. Why do you think I'm happy all the time? Do you think I'd never had to like walk through a few little crazy situations? Come on now. Come on. And they didn't make me stronger. That even that song. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. No, it doesn't. That's a lie. That is men's reasonable words. Trying to explain a situation they didn't have an answer for. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh. Not the joy of my situation. Not my tribulations that I have mounted up and showed to everybody and glorified. Look how bad my life is and look at my broken toenail. I went to the the pedicure and she didn't cut them right and she made a mess on one of my toenails pastor what am I going to do I paid $55 for that job terrible tribulation you're in there sister come on I do love you all I really do Yes, it was a, it, it, well, next week we're going to have seatbelts installed. <laughs> That's to keep you all in your spaces. <laughs> Comforts us in all our tribulation. Comforts us. Comforts us. When we remember the joy of the Lord, it is my strength. That's what made me strong. When I stopped looking, owning, taking part in, participating with, getting alongside and embracing my tribulations. And I went, that's enough of that. And I went, "Uh uh-uh, no more. Jesus saved me. Jesus loved me. He knows me in my messes and when I'm not in messes. Do you know that that's a harder time? Things are going well and you bless him? People are desperate. They'll pray about anything. Not necessarily out of a right place, but they will pray. Desperation produces a lot of interesting responses. But that place where everything's going right and it's like, woohoo, I get to do my own thing. Oh, I love you. I really do. Some of their greatest tribulation is when things are going well and we do wrong. Because we're so accustomed to wrong. We're so accustomed to tribulation. We're so accustomed to surviving that when things go right, we blow it up. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
I, I, has got me up so many times. When I remembered his good word. When I remembered the things he's spoken into my heart. Little things. Like, I forgive you. One time I was facing a very difficult moment in my life. And I had confessed a fault that I had done to people who I had hurt. Everybody's done it, so don't look at me like weird. You hurt something? Come on. Come on. I was, I was upset with myself. I, it's not my intention to hurt people, but I don't think it's any of yours either. But sometimes it happens. It happens. And in that moment, I said, well, I don't forgive you. I never will. And I was like, Inside my, like, I felt like myself went from big, I'll take down Goliath to, like, <laughs> ant size in a moment. And inside the Lord said to me, it's okay, I do. And I cut up. Because I didn't realize that the greatest release of pressure was understanding God's forgiveness. And no matter what situation I was in, when I grasped hold of God's great forgiving power, I'm dying to the sin Jesus already died for. I get out of that mess. He says in verse 7, our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you're partakers of the sufferings, you shall also be the consolation. That means he knows you go through stuff, but you'll be a partaker of everything that's right, everything Jesus paid for. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. We were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. There are times when I felt those kinds of pressures. When I've watched and sat beside many, too many sometimes, who have left this earth in a way I didn't think they were should. They've gone on to glory, and I understand we're all supposed to get up and rejoice. But we don't always. But in those moments that God speaks to us, in that moment of pressure, where we might get angry with God and throw a few words his way, if we'll just turn and hear the master's voice, he'll minister to us his strength. So it's not the situation that brings the strength. It's turning out of the situation into his hands. In Luke chapter 5, we see this wonderful Jesus that we love so very much. We see many who come to him with all their different troubles, all their situations, and I think if there was ever an answer for this day, it's turn and look. You found Luke chapter 5? And it says in verse 11, when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. There's a place where we've been hanging on to situations that have caused us to survive. They walk through, bless the Lord. It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, full of it. This man was sick. If he's full of leprosy, he's probably losing limbs. 
who seeing Jesus, everybody's saying seeing Jesus. See how I said that's the key? That's the key to your turnaround. That's the key to walking because he is the door. And when you see him, you can go through. Seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him. So he sees him and he pursues him. If you will, you can make me clean. And he says, he puts forth his hand. He says, I will. He hasn't said that to any of you. He's never said, mm -mm, not this time. No, you'll have to wait. When we really see him and we turn our eyes out of our current situation and we press through the crowd and you say, I need your help. He says, I will. I will be clean. Those situations I mentioned before that you've been troubled with, some of you a long, long time. Some of you just even continuing, because continuing seems hard. You get in a pattern, you blow it. You get in a pattern, I'm trying so hard to live for you, Jesus. I just want to walk right. Just see him. See him. See him. And he charged him, says, don't, don't do this. Just show yourself to the priest and do the offering. In that time, that's what they did, according as Moses commanded, for a testimony. So that they would know without a shadow of doubt, Jesus had been seen. That he came in contact with him. That somehow his eyes came open, not just naturally. He'd been with him. And it was noticeable. It was noticeable. So much the more there went a fame abroad of him. And great multitudes pursued him so they could hear, so they could hear and be healed by him of their infirmities. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were the religious folks sitting by out of every town. You see, the witness got people's attention good and bad. As you begin to walk in the things that God has called you to, it attracts attention, good and bad. There'll be people who come with questions. Is this real? There'll be people who come and say, and maybe they'll hate you. Maybe they'll throw things at you. I've had things thrown at me. I'm still here. What will they do? When they hear that Jesus is in your midst, some will cry out and they'll get healed. Keep your focus. Keep him in focus. So he says, all these people are sitting by. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. Present. Present. That whole context, it says, there was something there. 
that everyone knew was real. There was something there that people started to gather because there's something different. There's something real. There's something they needed to touch and get their hands on. There was something that was occurring that they needed more of. And so they began to come, not because they had social media to announce it. There weren't paper flyers that went out everywhere and said, oh, Jesus is having a healing meeting over here. It wasn't like that. But the news carried in the people and they would not restrain themselves. They just kept coming. And that's so important for us today. Not that we have every single answer for every single problem. He's the answer. We're not going to seek it wrong. We're not going to try and release the pressure by having all kind of man solutions. We're going to come because we've heard something's real. That there is a person who can change things. His name is Jesus. And there's something about those people. They just believe it. They just believe it. They just believe it. And when I I talk, there's people go, they just believed it when I talked about Jesus. Pastor, they just believed it. They just believed it. And something started to happen inside. And they went, this is real. Those people actually believe this. There's healing in their midst. There's no sorrow. They have joy. Why aren't they troubled like other people? What's happened there? No one will have to put it in the newspaper. They'll hear. They'll hear. And they'll know that there is a presence. There's a presence. There's a presence. There's a presence here today. In the midst of this, they brought a man in a bed. So desperate for a friend. Couldn't walk there himself. Some people have a hard time getting to church the first time. Sometimes they need a friend to bring him. And they brought a man which was taken with a palsy. And they were looking for all kinds of ways to let him in and to lay him before them. What was their thinking? If I could just get him to Jesus, he'll fix it. He'll fix it. They weren't concerned with the troubles of the day or the situation. They were just going, we're getting to Jesus. Mm. I just go on there. And they got him in. When they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they thought they'd go through the housetop, let him down, broke the ceiling. And it's time the ceiling was broken. Amen. Jesus already broke it. He broke the veil. He tore it down. And some ceilings in our life need to break. And they look like this. This far, God, that's all I can manage. This far, God. But there's a friend who's walking beside you today. Who's saying, come on. Go through the ceiling. Go through. Let yourself down into his arms. Let yourself come into his presence. Let yourself come into the place of healing. Let yourself come. Come on. There's friends who are around you saying, come on, don't wait anymore. Don't wait anymore. Let yourself come. Let yourself come. Come through the ceiling. Don't let your past be the ceiling in your life. 
Don't let what's kept you bound to a bed hold you fast to it. Don't let the sins of yesterday, don't let your wrong ideas, don't let the tribulations you've piled up that said this far and no further. Don't let them hold you back. Because there's a friend who is calling you by Jesus' name to come. And when Jesus saw him, this is what he says. Your sins are forgiven. He came for healing. And forgiveness released him out of all his bondage. Amen. The greatest release of pressure is met at the place of forgiveness. Met right there. We often fall short of really receiving forgiveness in our own heart. The places where Jesus has wiped it clean. We carry those things. We carry them in such a way and hold on to them in such a way that it stops the blood from being effective. It's there. It's available. But you hold on and say, I don't know if he can forgive that. And you bring it up to him. Don't think I've never done it. Are you sure this part's over? You sure it's wiped clean? Yes. He's sure it works. And there's friends here today who are with you, who love you so very much, and they want to see you free. I think there's nothing more important that we pray as pastors and leaders of the church, that we pray for that release in your life, the great release. But I didn't handle that pressure well. That's all right. Let's get out and receive again. Receive again. You've got friends who will stand beside you. And Jesus is leading the way. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.